This is the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Ladysmith in Caroline County, Virginia, USA. Rick Nicely is the lead pastor. Before we read our text, we're going to be reading 1 through 16. I just want to review a little bit. Uh, the first week, we talked about this idea that Jesus is more. Whatever you experience in life, Jesus is more. If you experience pleasure, Jesus is more. If it's peace, Jesus is more. Jesus is more because he's filled the whole earth. Uh, the latter part of Ephesians 1 talked about, and he's in and everything. He is, the, everything was made through him, and everything was made by him. In fact, we call him the, the cosmic Christ because it doesn't matter where it's at in all the universe, Christ is there. And also, the second week, we talked about this idea, or Jeff talked about this idea of uh, church is made for more. And he talked about this idea of the workmanship. We are created to be his workmanship, this masterpiece, this poem to be written. He is writing his story of redemption. He's writing us to be a part of that story of redemption. And then chapter three last week, we talked about this idea that the church is made to love more. And we talked about what that looks like within the context of community and living sacrificially in those communities and that it takes a lot of hard work. It takes time. It takes us being committed to it. And this week, we're going to be uh, talking about something different. But I want to read through Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, and then we'll give you the big idea and talk and break down this text this morning. I, therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, and that he might fill all things. And he gave the, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry." for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine and by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds up itself, builds itself up in love. Father, thank so much. Thank you so much for this morning. God, I pray that... Um, as we prayed earlier in the back room, God, that uh, your word will be proclaimed clearly today. God, that it would fall on fertile hearts. God, um, God, I pray that you would bond the enemy, um, bond the strong man. If there's any distractions here today, whether it be intentional or unintentional, God, I pray that you would 
minimize those. And God, clear our minds and our hearts to receive your word. And God, I pray that you would do what only you can do, and that's to eternally change us forever uh, through the hard work that you're about. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're taking notes this morning, the big idea is this. The church is made to do more. The church is made to do more. Now, we're, if you follow along in, in Ephesians, you see the first three chapters are really about the gospel story. The latter three is how our story begins to weave into the gospel story. So we're going to be beginning those thoughts as we, t- we talk about this morning. So it's this idea of being, doing, and going. So be, do, go. Think about those thoughts. And so we're talking about being, being in Christ. We're established in Christ. Our position is in Christ. He's the one who does the work in our hearts. But after we're being, we have to live that out. There's this thing called justification. This is this idea of sanctification. You're living up to what God's called you as an adopted son or daughter of his. You have all the rights of an, of an heir now because you were adopted into the family. So you, you were, you, you're, you're being like Christ. He's given you that. He's given you his spirit. Now you get to do it. You get to live out that life that God's called you to live. And he, uh, Paul lays this out for us. And how we, we need to understand this. So Paul is saying just as the body has systems that work together to allow for health and reproduction, Jesus gives organizing systems to his body for fullness, for more impact, and for, for mobilizing every member or every partner, if you will, in the church. Jesus has provided a mosaic of unique gifts as represented with a five-fold gifting, what we would call a pest, Okay. So it's this idea of an apostle, this idea of prophet, this idea of evangelist, shepherd, or if you will, pastor, and teacher. Okay? And so regardless of our theology on these things, we'd be wise to at least consider the pragmatic wisdom and the strengths represented within these gifts. Without these representing, we will struggle to express the fullness into every corner of culture and every sphere of society. We must see the unique roles and gifts given by Christ as important in the organizing system of the body of Christ, which he is the head, okay? So what, how do we break these down? Uh, first of all, I want to back up a little bit, and, and as we talk about, if you will, looking at these as organizational systems within the body of Christ, I want to parallel that with organizations within our body. Some of you guys here are nurses or doctors or maybe have some understanding of anatomy and physiology, but just in the human body where you have the circular system and you have the respiratory system, you have the digestive system, you have the nervous system, you have the immune, you have the muscular system, I'm not meaning them all, but you have the uh, reproduction system, you have all these working together to maintain a healthy body. And anyone here that knows... One of those begin to break down, your, begot, your body begins to break down, right? If you let two of those break down, maybe three, you're, you're going to be in really bad shape. Four, and you're gone, okay? So it's this idea of understanding that these systems are very important within the body, our human body. They're also very important within the body of Christ, if you will, the church. So what do we, what do we say when we look at these? I want to kind of break each of these down more of terms that maybe we would easier understand today. This idea of apostle or to be sent is this idea of someone who's a pioneer, uh, one who's sending, extending, an entrepreneur spirit, one who 
In lots of ways, church planners many times had this gift, or at least a part of it, because they have to plow new territory. So it's this idea of taking new territory, or, or this idea of taking unsurrendered ground, right? Claiming new king, land for the kingdom of God. This idea of a prophet is this idea of one who questions systems of power, seeking justice, is critiquing the mission uh, if we drift, and, and, and one of protecting the marginalized. These people are usually people that really want to go where there's places of injustice and try to help, help that, right? Um, I, have a, I have one of my daughters that loves to question everything. I wonder if she has this gift, okay? She's questioning, questioning, questioning. But I always tell her, if you take these things that God's given you and you channel them the right way, God will use them in extraordinary ways, right? And so the third area is this area of an evangelist. An evangelist is one who reaches out, includes the seekers, proclaiming the gospel, includes new people. They go to places where there's a lot of unbelief, where there's places where people don't know, there's lostness, there's darkness. This is the spirit of an evangelist, okay? This is what they do. And then we have the area of a shepherd. These are also a, a word for shepherd could be pastor. These are people who are nurturers or they're, they care. They, they want to build community. They want to build health. They don't want to just grow, expand territory. They want to make sure that that territory is healthy territory. These people tend to gravitate toward areas of brokenness in our communities, in our lives. They're one who are compassionate, counselor, one who feeds the sheep and tends for the sheep and protects the sheep, right? A shepherd's heart. And then we have that of a teacher. Teachers are those who love sound doctrine, clear teaching, effective processes and systems, and strong values. They go to areas that there's falsehood. These are usually guys like project managers and engineers, okay? So if you're one of those, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. That, that makes sense to you. you. You think about all these things. You want things to be effective. You want systems to work. So as we think about the church and we think about the life of the church, church, one of the things that I think we need to think about is thinking about making these shifts. Because many times churches are built more like a, like a building, like a hierarchy, right? You got, the, you got the pastor shepherd up here and then you have all these pyramids. It's like a pyramid scheme, right? That's not really how... Christ intended the church to look like. So let's talk about what that should shift. If you maybe were raised in a church like that and and you think, okay, it's just these guys. Now, Now, again, God's created eldership. He's created the plurality of elders and leaders within the church. And we've talked about that. You can go back and look at it. We are the church series and see that. But what I'm talking about for the mission of the church and the building up of the body, he's empowered all of us to be the priest, right? The priesthood of the believer, And so what does that look like? We need to shift from a hierarchy to more of a missionary mindset. See, everyone in here that knows Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord are missionaries. And you're to be on mission in life. And guess what? Where you're on mission, I can't be. And where you're on mission, the person beside you cannot be. If we believe that God is overall and in all, that means a sovereign God of the universe has placed you exactly where you're at at this moment in time to be around the people you're supposed to be, to be at the workplace, to be at the place of play where you live, work, and play or educated at that moment to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Think about that for a moment. 
If God is over everything and he keeps the, the sun and the moons rotating, the earth rotating, he keeps all these things in order, don't you think he's ordained your life for such a time as this to be the hands and feet of him? That's what God is calling you to do. We shift our culture from a professional clergy, from doing the work of the ministry, to equipping and deploying everyday missionaries on mission. In order to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, we must make this essential shift from hierarchy to missionaries. Again, I'm not over you. Christ is the head. There's no elder in here who's the head of the church. Christ is the head. We look to him for headship, right? We look to him as the one who speaks to our hearts. The God is directed. We have shepherds. We have, we have elders who protect the sheep, to guide the sheep, to, to lead the sheep, right? But ultimately, you're going to answer to Jesus Christ. So it's this idea that we, as just like one of our core values is, is a mission mandate. We say it doesn't stop here. Every believer is commanded to partner in the Great Commission, empowered by the Holy Spirit for everyday missions. That's one of our core values. So you're on mission every day, as a believer in Jesus Christ. And we also partner that with what we call strategic multiplication, God's game plan, advancing God's kingdom by making disciples, empowering leaders to plant churches wherever God's called. Do you understand that's one of the ways, many ways that churches are planted? As many times God gives a heart for a particular area or gives for a particular people or a particular affinity group, and then next thing you know, you're starting to share the gospel. You see God's spirit work in that area. And all of a sudden, what grows out of that is really the workings of the church. And then all of a sudden, a church has blossomed from that. Okay, So this is what we see. Now, what does it mean to shift from, uh, um, what does it mean for hierarchy means versus missionary means? So a hierarchy is that the pastor and staff lead and define most of the ministries or most of the ministries, and the, and the partners support that. But as a missionary, all the partners see their lives where they live, work, play, and are educated as the main ministry. In addition, they're excited to contribute to shared ministries of the church through centralized organization. That is what it looks like. On a hierarchy, new ministries of the church must go up the chain before anyone can do anything. But in a mission mindset church, partners are launching, if you will, members, maybe used to that term, we call them partners. Partners are launching new ministries, initiating all the time without expectation that the church will do it for them or pay for it or even centralize it, okay? So what does that look like? Well, what that looks like is, as we talked about last week, that GPS mindset. What does that mean? That means God's giving you a gift, God's giving you a G. God's giving you a P, passion, okay? And then S is a story. So each of us in here have a gift. We have a passion. What, what is your passion? Well, let me ask you two questions. What breaks your heart? And what, when something doesn't happen or something goes wrong, what, what makes you angry or what breaks your heart, right? So what gets you excited? What passions those fuels? And then also, what breaks your heart? So these things that our passions in us. And then many of us have a story. I know, I know couples who were on the brink of divorce, they weren't saved, they came to faith in Christ, God rescued their marriage, and now their heart's desire is just to go and see marriages restored. 
Why? Because that's part of their story. What's, what has God written in your story? Do you realize that God doesn't waste pain and heartache? Do you know there may be something that happened to you as a child or something as a teenager or something that happened throughout your life that you look back on and that was the moment that, if you will, you were wounded, but that was also the time where you came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, okay? And when that happened, there's something almost like when um, Jacob wrestled with God. Remember that story? If you remember that story? And he held on to God all night. And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And it says that angel of the Lord touched him, his hip socket, right? And wounded him. And he walked with a limp the rest of his life. I think about that all the time. C.H. Spurgeon says, God uses his best soldiers out of the highlands of the afflicted. I think many times God has to wound us before we can see that we can be used by God. Because sometimes in that brokenness is when the most beautiful things come out. This idea of beauty out of ashes. I know for me personally, that was my story. God had to break me in a moment and I realized I was not a follower of Jesus. I realized I didn't even know what it meant to be a man. For the first time, I began to understand what it meant to be a man. It's to be more like Jesus. And that point on, I began to serve and I began to, and guess what? No one had to drum that up in me. No one had to convince me. I just started serving. I asked these guys, hey, can I be a part of what you're doing? It was Young Life. They said, absolutely. Did a, you know, we did a background check and different things going on like that. Of course, you're going to do those things. But then I just went in, and whatever they gave me, I did. And I just served. Started hanging out with students. Started loving them. Started sharing my testimony. Started discipling them. And this is what happens. God uses those things. God wants us to be on mission. And then how hierarchy works is the staff is evaluated by how effective their ministry is, okay? But missionary mindset means the staff is evaluated by how effective they are equipping others in their ministry to the body and the mission in the community. So in other words, the main point for me as a shepherd and us as elders and us as team leaders is to equip the church, the people, not the no walls, not the stuff in here, but us, to equip us to do the work of the ministry. But guess what? Each of us have a different story. Each of us have a different passion. So there's people in this room that may be drawn to prison ministry. Maybe it's because they had a family member in prison. Or God just laid it on their heart. Or maybe in this room that somebody's drawn to, to work with foster kids because God's laid it on their heart. And so through that, God begins to allow them to be the hands and feet of Jesus. There's other people in this room that you may be drawn to work with people with addictions, right? It's because maybe you came out of an addiction in your life, or maybe you had someone in your life that struggled with that. And you see the pain and devastation that the enemy is causing through lives, and you want to be a part of that. Many of you in here, maybe you want to work with a particular uh, people group, or maybe prayer, you know, uh, a guy that we launched off about this time last year, a guy named Vic Carpenter. And he, will, he was a part of our initial team that we launched with. He was one of the original elders of the church. And we launched him. His family are about to launch Spotswood West in August, right? One of the reasons why he got involved in the church plant was because he saw God working in his work. 
he began to do a men's Bible study before work. And it went from just a couple guys and it blew up. And God started rescuing and saving men. In fact, the guy that was here last week working with Matt, he'll be doing the setup teardown for that church. And he said it was amazing what God did. They just started with a few guys. And that FBI team that 10 years ago had no Christians on it, now the majority are Christians. Why? Because somebody followed the passions that God put in their heart. They had a story to tell. Guess what? And they had a gift to teach, and they did it. Now, listen, all of us are not that. Many of us are doing different things. Maybe we want to feed the homeless. Maybe we want to uh, rescue orphans. I don't know, but whatever it is, God has laid that on your heart. But understand that us as a church, we want to empower you. We want to train you. We want to equip you to do just that, the work of the ministry. See, the church is not a business to be managed. It's a force to unleash. We want to empower you. We know that many of you have a heart for people to reach your neighbors, your coworkers, and we want to equip you to do just that. And that's going to be the beauty because why? Again, we don't have to drum anything up. It's done through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And when God's called you to something, you cannot resist it. I promise you, okay? I promise you, you cannot resist it. God will bring you to a point of surrender when he's put it on your heart. So understand, the church is not a business to manage. It's a force to be released. See, the church has been described as an organism, but I would use a different term. I would say that it's really a superorganism. What do I mean by that? A superorganism super is a group of synergetically interacting organisms of the same species. The church cannot be controlled and it cannot be killed. It's an unstoppable force. God will advance his kingdom, I promise you. He is doing it now and he will can, continue until he comes back. And he's inviting us to be a part of that. He's inviting us to be a part of the redemption story. See, why, do we, why are we called to do and be missionaries? Well, verse 13 lays it out for us. It says this, We, until we all attain, listen, the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. The whole why behind this idea of having a missionary mindset is this idea that we are to, the goal is fullness. Fullness is ultimately the goal. The fullness of Christ. The fullness of him. See, there's three layers of fullness. Is this idea of universal fullness. We see that in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It says this, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all, I'm sorry, fills all in all. And then also in verse uh, of chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, is this idea of personal fullness. So you have the universal fullness of Christ. You have the personal fullness in chapter 3, verses um, 16 and 17. You have this, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts throughout uh, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So it's this idea of this, that Christ is the ultimate fullness of the church, 
but he fills us in our inner being to the point of, the word literally means to overflow, okay? Like a cup overflowing, you pour in it, and all the junk comes out, and it cleanses you within, right? It's the Spirit of God being poured inside you to overflowing. And then this idea of ecclesial fullness, or if you will, the church fullness, okay? And that's found in Ephesians 2, 20b-22. And it says this. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. It's this idea that we are being filled with our hearts, and then together corporately we're being filled as a temple of God. And then Ephesians 4.13, which we read just a few minutes ago, and it says this, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So it's almost like a three-layer cake. We have the fullness of Christ, we have the fullness in us, and then we have the fullness in the church as a whole, together corporately. It's this fullness. This is why God fills us, but he continues to fill us. And it's this, again, this odd uh, mindset we talked about earlier. Of it's, not a, it's not a hierarchy going up. Think about a triangle. It's not going up, but it's really going out. Okay, Imagine all these triangles or arrows going out. It's a, it's a force. It's, if you will, taking the team and advancing. I think about football because, you know, you play on offense, you're advancing the ball. You're taking new territory. This is what God's called us to do as missionaries. We're to advance his kingdom. And this is the mindset. So if we have Jesus, he's the fulfillment of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, the teacher. He is the fulfillment of that. So we have the body of Christ or the mini ministry of Christ. I'm sorry. We have the ministry of Christ and he's the fulfillment, all those things. And then he gives us that in the body of Christ. Then ultimately we have the fullness of Christ. So it's this, it's this steer step, if you will. It's this idea that Christ fulfills all those things. He is the apostle. He is the prophet. Um, he is the evangelist. He is the shepherd. He is the teacher. He fills those, and then he fills us individually in the body, and then the fullness of Christ then is in every aspect of society, every corner, wherever we're at. See, it's, it's funny that Vicki said what she said this morning about worship, because really, she hit right on what we're talking about today, is this idea that everywhere we go, we're taking the hands and feet of Jesus. And everywhere we go, we're taking the kingdom of God with us. If you saw Jesus, that's exactly what he did when he was here on earth. What happened? Everywhere he brought, he brought the kingdom of God. The prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So we're bringing a piece of heaven because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And we're to speak truth in the lives of others. And we're to be compassionate, loving, kind, considered. All those things that fruit of the Spirit are. All those things that love are. We're to bring kingdom here, God's kingdom here on earth. See, if Jesus is the head of the body, the church, 
the apest, okay, will continue to be expressed through his body. If we're lacking any one of these organizing systems as a local church, then we're lacking the fullness of Christ. That's what's happening. If we're lacking any of these things, we're lacking the fullness of Christ. So what does that mean? Well, Ephesians 4.12 tells us this. Again, I'll read it again. To, the, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Where do we get that from? We get it from two weeks ago when Jeff talked about this in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has good works for you to walk in. You need to hear his voice. You need to obey his voice and follow his voice because he has the work of his kingdom in the hands of the church and you are the church, okay? You are the church. So again, it's this idea that it's not this hierarchy going up. It's this this force going out, this idea that we are to reach the lost. Now, before I ask you this big question this morning, okay, before I ask the big question this morning, there's a story that I recently read about. It's really tragic. There's a lady, I think it was in 2008, and uh, she was in an emergency room. She was in Brooklyn, New York. I think it was King County Hospital. And uh, the reason they know this is because it was caught on a security camera. There's a lady who comes in, and she waited in the waiting room for over 24 hours to be cared for. And they have a picture of her in a chair, and she begins to slump over. And she slumps over, and finally when she slumps over, she hits another chair and then lays on the floor. And she literally lays there for almost an hour before anybody checks on her. The room is crowded. Security card's there. It breaks your heart. 49 years old. By the time they get to her, it's too late. Right? I want you to think about this. She was where she was supposed to be. And everybody assumed it was somebody else's job. I hate to say this, but sometimes that story breaks my heart because I think sometimes it reminds me of the church. We come in, we go out, and we see people hurting. They're exactly where they need to be. They're either here or they're next to you, which by the way, again, if you're a believer, you're bringing the kingdom of God with you. You are extension of the kingdom of God. You are an extension of Jesus's hands and feet. So we have Jesus with skin on beside the person that's broken and hurting and needs help, and we're doing nothing. We're not opening our mouths. We're not serving them. We're not caring for them. By the way, that's called the bystander syndrome. It's actually a syndrome where a tragic thing can happen, and it happens right in front of everybody, and everybody thinks it's somebody else's responsibility. Will it not be said, that's possible with Lady Smith, that we would go and be missionaries for Jesus. We would go and be his hands and feet. Let me ask you the big question this morning. Is this, do you know your calling? Do you know your calling? And are you living out 
So we are not lacking any fullness in us. Because listen, guys, the reality is this. The church is not someone else. It is you and it is us. The church is not someone else. It is you and it is us. It is you and me. It is all of us. But we must step up and live like missionaries where we live, work, and play. And listen, we want to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So guess what? Many times, somebody can walk through your front door, and that will be their first church experience. Why? Because you are the church. And they end up coming in this room because they spent time in your room first. Think about that. That's what God wants to do here. And I believe that's what God is doing. But we have to unleash you to do that work. We want to empower you. We want to strengthen you. We want to pray for you to do that work. We stand. Do you know your calling? And are you doing it? So we will not lack the fullness that God has called us to live. Father, thank you so much for our time this morning. God, I pray that your word will not go void today not return void. God, I also pray that if there's anyone here this morning that wants to know you, there will be individuals up front that they can pray with, they can be encouraged by. They want to give their life to Christ. God, we, we want to share, show them how that can work. Now, if someone wants to follow through with baptism, God, they want to make that public. God, I, I will be here to receive them. Someone just wants prayer. Maybe they just lack the boldness, the courage to step out and do what you're calling them to do. And they need somebody to pray for them. Or they have a question about anything. God, I just pray that they'll be authentic and real, share their hearts, and we'll encourage them today. Father, thank you for the work that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Ladysmith in Caroline County, Virginia, USA. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.